Prepare to enter the Elf Tree. Hi there. Hi there, everybody. I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And it's been almost nine months since we recorded almost an, an entire full year. Show. It's been a long time. We could have had a baby in the amount of time or gotten pregnant and it would have at least been ready to pop. Well, Joe, I, I actually have a, a special guest to bring with you. Uh, it's your son. Oh, um, the tears, the music. No, you know, actually, the other thing the I'm truth. noticing is that um, this is the first show we've ever done in this place. I know. I'm in a new place. I'm in the Elf Tree East. Elf, Elf, Tree, Tree, East. Elf Tree East. Yeah, I moved into this place. It's really cool. It's on the east side of LA. It's on a hill. It's really nice out. Got a nice view. But it was a pain in the ass to move in because of all the stairs. Um, but it is a good daily workout. And, uh, oh, yeah. It's yeah. like San Francisco out there. Sometimes the hills are, are pretty yeah. steep. And the hills have eyes. I, uh, I, I wasn't lying, uh, though. We do have a very special guest with us today. All the way. All the way from Dallas, from Texas. Dallas, Texas. It'll be like, an, like clapping. Hi there. This is uh, the case master. Meet Casey Reed, the case master. Hello. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> Hi there. We've done shows before with you, right? Where we, this is the first one. This is number this one. This is our very first show with that Mr. Reed. That blows my mind. First that show that I'm on. First show in this location. Is this the first podcast you've ever been on? Uh, yeah, I think so. No. That would explain the trembling. One, I don't know if it's come out yet. Okay. That would explain the trembling and I'm the shaking. So <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, Jennifer was asking me this the other day. How do you know us? Because I met you kind of through Shelby, but I feel like Shelby knew you for longer than that, and I don't know really how you know Joe. So I don't remember exactly how I met Shelby, but I know it was through Weld somehow, Okay, which is this co-working space in Dallas that uh, I've been, I was a member at for four years. Nice. Officed out of. There was one time whenever Shelby and Joe were shooting album artwork, I don't know, at some point he asked me to come in to shoot music video for Fast Food Hooker. Okay. Yeah, that's when I met you. Yeah. And uh, and then... That was 2014. At some point, yeah, at yeah. some point during that, like I think after we wrapped one night or something, Shelby and I were leaving Weld, and I mentioned something about, like, oh, do you know this guy, Joe Morales, like, coming across this music or whatever, and, like, I've been digging it. He was like, oh, yeah, that's a friend of mine. Nice. And I don't know, I thought Joe seemed like a cool guy, and so I think I added him on Facebook or something. Little did you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was just kind of this, like, I'll be sleek, like, I'll slide in a little bit and just kind of see what happens. <laughs> Sliding in those DMs. <laughs> Slide in so, those Facebook ads. So you never, <laughs> you never met and hung out with him in Dallas? No. Okay. No. So then there was, I guess it was like two years ago almost, the two of you were on Periscope. And I hopped on. Oh, yeah. And I got on, and Joe was like, oh, holy shit, it's Casey Reed. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, he knows who I am. <laughs> yes, he does. And then, and then, like, I don't think I recognized you at first because I hadn't seen you in a while. Been a while. Well, and I had had, like, a massive yeah. Osama beard. You both did. You both had these yeah, massive you beards. Did. I had a pretty Up till very beard. recently. Yeah, a couple months back. Yeah. Still better I can't grow one. Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> They're epic, man. You guys, I, if I could grow a beard like that, I would have a monster on my face. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have facial hair because of brand new information. I did recently find out I am Native American. So I thought I was half Mexican my uh, whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe has missed out on countless scholarships and financial aid. Reparations. <laughs> he's he's going to go marching. So you currently still live in Dallas, right? I do. Okay, so we're all Texas boys. Are you from Texas? I'm from Dallas. Okay. Yep. So we're all Texas boys. And, and very recently, what, last this past weekend? Mm -hmm. uh, Hurricane no, Harvey. Hurricane Harvey. He came plowing through, freaking came over to freaking Texas, and he was like, ah! ravaging down and then decided to just kind of hang out for several days and is just dumping tons of water every yeah, day. Yeah, it's like Houston's upwards of 50 some odd plus inches of rain it's in the last like three days. It yeah. is ridiculous. Well, we had some, we've had some rains this past year. Well, like for like a week, LA looked like a different country because everything, all the hilltops, instead of being all burnt and crusty, they were all nice and green. It was and green. Looked like Ireland. That it was did. the worst accent ever. 
I'm going to never do that again. And you would know. You went to Ireland recently too, right? Last I year did. Sometime? I went in January. Yeah. yeah. It was incredible. Went to Dublin. Nice. Saw like a sea lion rescue a dog that got swept out to sea. Whoa. Brought this dog back to shore, man. Set up the story, what? dude. Set up the story. <sighs> okay. So we were in Dublin staying there and we were there most of the time, which consisted of us just drinking Guinness out the ass. Oh my gosh, dude. I didn't think I would like it. That you know, sounds like- sound- that way, right? Drinking it out the ass. Well, it's like a thing, and yeah. That, and that, what's the word for it, We would right? go to the red light districts, and we would- uh, You know, like boofing or something Offer like two shillings. And something. We, would you take two shillings to pour this beer in your anus and-, and <laughs> Sure, honey. <laughs> That's not even the voice. I don't even know how to do it. Okay, I'm going to stop. We were drinking tons of beer, and we would just go, like, walk around and, and you know, just hang. Find good food. And then go back to our, we had an Airbnb house that was just gorgeous. It was so cool. Um, and then we took a day where we went up to Hoth and we were just out there. It was like this beautiful little port town. You know, it looked like the perfect Richville. Like it looked like a snow globe kind of thing, like that kind of town, you know? Welcome to Richville. Yeah. It was like maybe an hour outside of Dublin, maybe a little less. I don't know. Um, but we get out there. And we're just walking along this beautiful pier, like the ocean, like just amazing. We're walking towards a lighthouse that's at the end of this pier. And all of a sudden we like see this whole crowd of people way far away. And it's far, it's a far walk. And there's just a crowd of people and you hear a guy yelling this name, Leia. Leia, Leia. And then you hear a dog barking and the dog is barking way out at sea, dude. So apparently this, this golden retriever jumped in the water and the, the current just sucks out. Like it just took her. And there was just a crowd of people that were just kind of like there with him, like seeing what what the heck was going to happen. There were some people walking by that were just like, oh, that dog's done. That dog's done. You know, just like, (laughs) that dog's fucking dead. You know, no, for real. There were people walking by with not a positive outlook on that. But... Yeah, this whole crowd. So he, this Wait, so they were just they were just like, yeah, fucking dead. There were dudes He's that walked gone. by and that were just like totally disconnected from the the gravity of what that scene was to this guy. You know, this right. dude whose dog is like now struggling to stay alive, barking, Man. being sucked out at freaking frozen ice cold water. You know, oblivion. That's uh, where it was going. Ice cold water oblivion. The least all of us could have done at that moment is at least pay some tributes to that dog's <laughs> last breaths. As it's lost at sea. Oh, yes. Yeah. So anyway, this dog is barking. Um, dog is drowning. So the dog is the dog isn't drowning. The dog is swimming. Um, but so the dog is really like it's barking a lot, and all of a sudden the barking stops, and everyone's just like, oh, starting to lose. Like this guy's like crying. He's just walking around. The whole crowd ends up moving towards where we are because the current is moving in such a way the dog is, but it's disappearing and they've made a call to the Coast Guard. They made a call to like local areas on a dispatch, whatever, however that works. And there was a boat you could see way the hell away, like on an island, like hauling ass trying to get out, out to the area, yeah. but it was just freaking far. And so all of a sudden we start seeing this other little brown dot come out of the water and it's next to the dog. Like you can barely see anymore. And then you just start hearing the dog barking and then slowly but surely the dog's getting closer and closer and by the time it gets close enough you can kind of see that this sea lion has been like pushing the dog up and just pushing it yes like bringing the dog towards land he's a hero he was a fucking hero man that's pretty sick it was crazy dude do you think there was some sort of genetic pull that the sea lion felt toward the dog because I mean aren't sea lions kind of dogs of the sea dude I I really just kind of think that like life and nature is all connected yeah. yeah, more than we yeah. think, and yeah. that there's there's just something that they just know, and that like what needs to be communicated somehow gets it gets through. That thing that's not supposed to be in the water looks like it needs help. Yeah, yeah. and it was just you know, yeah. I mean, and it's like I don't know if there's like if like the people like yelling for the dog or trying to you know the things that they're saying or the energy they're putting out has anything to do with that mm-hmm. or not. Like that's cool. I mean, it's it's cool to think that that kind of energy is tapped into by other creatures that have uh, they don't think the same way that we do. I suppose they're yeah. our our way of processing things. I would imagine is different than a dog and it's different than sea creatures. Yeah. You know, but we can all tell when something is distressed or you know in pain or happy like you can kind of tell when a dog is happy even though the dog's not you know I mean dude there's been time, cheering this is true with my dog where I'll like tell her something and it's like she understands me like there'll be times whenever she's like weird about eating and drinking and like sometimes she won't eat or drink anything for like a day or a day and a half whoa it's really weird I 
there'll be times where I'm like, would you go over there and drink some water? Like you haven't had anything all day. And she'll like go over and drink her water real quick. <laughs> or I'll like, she'll be like looking for one of her toys and I'll be like, no, no, no. It's like over back behind the chair in the corner. And she'll like just walk right over to like right where I said. <laughs> nice. And She's, like, oh, just yeah. like, She's like, talk to me like a damn human. I can yeah. understand you. And it's just like, <laughs> how did that work? How did that get through that you knew what I meant? Yeah. You should try it out. You should be like, next time you, you see her, you're like, Trump, right? And then just <laughs> no. see what she says. Um, Dude, not to be a bummer, but since our last show, uh, back in May, Maddie went, she went uh, MIA. What? Yeah. Shut up. Sorry, dude. I had to, I had to, I had to channel our audience's yeah. reaction there for a second. But I, uh, yes, I wasn't sure <laughs> if we were going to bring this up or not. But Well, I figure it's only right because she's been in the background of so many of our shows. All of them. Barking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but she went missing. She got out from some fireworks. I was gone. I was in North Hollywood at the time. Right. Okay. So this is, this is three, four weeks before the 4th of July. Wait, this was May. So yeah, May 23rd. May five weeks. May 23rd. Oh, so, so yeah. five or six weeks before the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And fireworks are already going off. And one day you said, Maddie's missing, dude. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, she's gotten out before. She's come back. I'm sure that's all that's going on. Yeah. And then as the days went by, I was like, ooh. I think she's been gone like a couple of days before once, you know, maybe back in Texas or something like that. But this is this is getting rough. Well, she had gotten out because um, she got out on a Tuesday night. She had gotten out on Saturday night previously. Okay. So because they, people started popping off fireworks and I had the back door open and or I leave the dog door open. She yeah. just goes in and out through the year. She's she never run away before. She needs to be able before. to take a poop and a pee. Yeah, she's never run away. Uh, so sat, that Saturday night, she ran off and I, I was working on my computer. So I had headphones on. I couldn't hear anything, but I always check on her or anytime I roll my chair out, she's always like curled up around my chair. So I have to kind of roll out slowly. So she gets up first. I'm not just going to run her ass over like a dick, you know, just <laughs> but she did wasn't around. And so I went outside and was looking for her and, and probably, I mean, I went and drove around for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like until someone finally called me and said that they had her. Oh, um, this is previously. Yeah, they had. The she was two time. miles away. This is Saturday night. Before okay. The yeah. Tuesday. Yes. She, oh. so she was already two miles away in like an hour, and so wow. I went and picked her up. And these people were like, "Oh yeah, we found her wandering around this parking garage, and she was really sweet, and we saw your number on her tag and everything." So they called me. I went and picked her up. Well, then, yeah, that that Tuesday night I left. I you know the the back door was left open under a series of unfortunate events, and she got out and uh, haven't been able to find her since. So, and here I've we are. It's been a nervous wreck for a couple months, but I'm already finally like it's August 29th. Trying to, I'm all right to deal with it. But yeah, like there's been times where, dude, I can't even talk about this shit because I just like it's just so bizarre for her to not be around. Yeah, it's just insane. It's yeah. like thinking about. It's like having like think of someone you know really you're close to, and you just stop talking to them. It's over. I mean, like, they say dogs are man's best friend, and I. I think like it's very true. I mean, yeah. I've had my dog for a couple of years and before that I've always had dogs growing up, but they've always been family ones mm-hmm. like not like my dog. Now I'm living by myself and I have this rescue and like and I've just gotten so attached to her and seen how she's gotten attached to me. I just like I can't imagine what it would be like to yeah. to lose that and like I did lose a dog when I was a kid and that really sucked. But yeah. like I said, I yeah. didn't have that kind of an attachment to it. Just like it's it I mean, it is different when it's yours versus the just a member of the family. It's, yeah, I mean, it, yours sounds so possessive. Well, she's not, she, it's not like she's mine. Like, I think she's of, many, she's everybody. It's like she's, she was just a friend that I was, I was her caretaker. And she was also kind of, in a way, big time, she was like my caretaker too. Cause there was a lot of things she did for me that were, I, I rely on, you know. She was a companion to you yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, you guys possessed each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, you were hers. She was yours. Yep. And she was the two one of my, become one flesh. She was one good excuse for me to get out and walk Ooh. around a couple times a day, you know. <laughs> I, seriously, what'd you say? <laughs> I totally <missed> it. <laughs> I'm so sorry for missing that day. It's a it's a wedding reference. It was, um, uh, <laughs> so I good. love how it like 
it took a second to register that like he had said something off and you're like, I wait, know. wait, 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 wait. I missed something a second ago. I know. I just it's funny. This is a topic that that clearly means a lot to you because of my my funniest. Dude, it's fucked is, me up. It totally has fucked me up for yeah. several months. I you know, I'm gonna be honest, it's really very hard. Yeah. But you know, it's also I know I know everything happens for a reason and I know that I have to think she's just someone loves her and that's why they fucking kept her because she's a badass. And Do you ever think of what she would want you to feel? Uh, no, I think only because like there's a lot of opportunities she could run away. She could have run away from me. Like I took her to the beach. I would take her to the beach and she would just be loose. And that's like where I would really see her in her prime of like, she loves her life. She just fucking loves that I'm here with her. Like it's that kind of thing where it's just undeniably like, Whoa, like she's not going to run away. She's staying near me. She's even like, I even trust her more that way in that kind of environment. than when I have to put her on a leash yeah. and walk around the city, I feel like I'm restraining her and she should technically be able to just follow me, you know, but she was a little wild. She probably wouldn't do it in the city. She's, she's crazy. <laughs> she's <laughs> a little can, distractible. Yeah, she can, yeah, <laughs> big time. And then if you're a bike or a skateboarder going by, it's, she'll try to take a piece. But she doesn't bite. She just would run and probably do something stupid and squeal and look like a fool. And then I would have to go and apologize to everybody and be like, sorry, my little beast has uh, once again done a foolish thing. Going off on a little tangent there. But no, I, I do miss her. It's crazy. Anyway, that's all I got to say about it. That's, um, so. That's that's a big something. I mean, no, there's. I mean, I, I didn't mean to like even bring that <laughs> because it is a fucking. No, but bummer. it is a big deal. It is a big deal but to it's, our it's, high dare audience. Everything happens for a reason. That's the one thing I meant to say. Is yeah, everything happens for a reason. So I think positively that something good's happening out of it, and it's honestly taught me a lot about myself in the last couple months too. So yeah, dogs have know. a way of doing that. They're pretty magical creatures. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's also toasty in the studio, guys, just so the audience knows we're, we're burning up a little bit. It, it is. In the elf tree. It's like one of the hottest days on record. Yeah, it is. I like came to L.A. trying to get away from the hot weather in Texas, and apparently it's been feeling nice in Dallas, and it's been rainy, and I love overcast, like, rainy weather. Yeah. And it's been fucking hot here. Yeah. And I'm just like, gosh, man. It's but currently 98 degrees. Nice. We have sun streaming in the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's been nice. I've still been able to I sleep on the front porch at night. Do you? On the couch out there, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It does get fairly nice outside at night. Yeah, yeah it's it not is. been bad. Mosquitoes have been not too terrible. Okay. We've been uh, burning some white sage. Yes. It's been warding those things off. Yeah, has it been warding Super off? Super effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it been with the aura? Pretty good. Uh, the aura's been all right, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I cleansed the house maybe three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, with some white sage. When Those at home that don't know what I'm day. talking about, you just burn some white sage and walk around the house. Windows closed, doors closed. And it's supposed to like, it's like an old ancient way of cleansing your house of like bad energies and things like that. So nice. it's nice. It is nice. It could all be mental. could be nothing. I mean, but either it way, smells great. It's, it smells so good. <laughs> it does. I don't, it does. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, honestly, I don't really care otherwise whether it does the other stuff or not. I just like the smell alone is like great for me. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Naga Champa is pretty good too. Yeah, Nag Champa is the best. That's my incense of choice. That's, I mean, that's why I've been using it. Ian, what's your incense of choice? When you nag, (laughs) Nag Champa. (laughs) We're all just talking about these, these scents and these, these smells. I love it. Um, recently I've been more into candles for scents. Okay. Um, those have been really nice. They're 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 called fragrances. Fragrances, scents, bro. Thank you, thank you. I've got one now that is blue um, jeans, tobacco store. Oh, and it like a- smells like it smells like old kind of good worn leather. Yeah, and to like cigars, you know. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah, it's a nice, a neat smelling candle. Well, dude, I, I uh, oh, I didn't tell you this. I told you, Casey, but I was offered a couple tours. Nice. So one is uh, through. It's all of October. Okay. And then the first week of November. Nice. And that was something presented to me that I have to actually answer today. Oh, so, okay. So that can, uh, that can segue us pretty nicely. Um, there's been some, some work changes in both of our lives Mm -hmm. lately. Mm -hmm. You're, you're kind of going back out on tour a little bit, uh, with some stuff. Uh, and I have left my job full time and and I'm going solo. Mm -hmm. Freelance. 
Freelance solo. Freelance. <laughs> Freelance um, Armstrong. Uh, Freelance Armstrong. Hashtag Freelance Armstrong. <laughs> Did he get arrested? Yeah. Welcome to the world of perpetual unemployment. Son. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah. It's nothing but a cycle, vicious cycle. Yes, get it? it is. I'm okay. ready. I'm ready for it. It's the right thing for yep. me to do. Yep. So what, what about these tours? Oh, uh, well, they would be, uh, it's 15, 14 city tour, 15 dates. And then the other one is like six dates on the East Coast. Nice. And so, yeah, I, I, the hardest part about deciding this stuff to me is like, I'm gone this chunk of time. I'm away from my, my home, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it pays pretty well. So. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know what, though? It probably is going to be beneficial for you in that it will shake up what's going on with you right now. For sure. And not, yeah. not hey, in what's a going way on that, with me? Not, I mean, not that anything's wrong, but like you've had a massive chunk of stuff happen to you in yeah. the last year and you haven't really you haven't really done much to change. I mean, you have actually gone on a couple of vacations, but then you kind of came back to it. Like if you go and do some work and actually change your mindset, you know, doing that work for a little while and then coming back here, who knows what kind of inspirations yeah, you might it's nice yeah. to take a break bring sometimes. to yourself. What do you like, like Casey, how do you balance? Because you're doing tons of stuff. Oh, dude, I don't know, man. Not very well. <laughs> I don't know. I've been kind of going balls to the walls the last couple of years and it's finally started to like catch up with me this year where I'm just like, shit, dude, I need to like hang out with people more and just yeah. do stuff to it's, do stuff. But It's important, yeah. I mean, I, I, for the most part, as far as, like, I try to do, like, work, quote, work stuff, video, freelance work during the day, and then my personal stuff outside of that, so. How long have you been doing music? I mean, my whole life, but I started doing my own stuff probably 10, 12 years ago, something like that. It's like end of high school. Uh, I've been playing music probably since I was, like, a kid, like, Fourth grade, third grade, fourth grade. And what about your own music? Oh, when did I mean, you start like being like, "This is me"? Probably in college. Probably like, I, I mean, because I was writing in a band, yeah. And so I was always identifying my writing to that band, and then my own stuff. I kind of never did anything with, so I was never confident with it. But then it wasn't until like right in college when I was like, "Oh, I need to do my own things" because I'm beholden to the band, and the band is kind of up and down with shit, you know. But I knew I wanted to. Just do it, you know. For me, so. for me, that is podcasting. I made movies as a kid. I um, paid and professionally produced a TV pilot before I came out here. But really, when it was something that, um, when it became something that was my own art that I was doing, albeit was doing it with you, but this was something that. I, I didn't really care what it cost. I just put all my my money and my effort and my my passion towards it because I loved it so much. And I it wasn't until it wasn't until this past week going to podcast movement that I understood the industry of people out there that are doing that same thing and how it relates to you two are doing it with music. I would be doing it with podcasting. Like I I've got a couple ideas for these shows that are going to take a lot of time and effort and free work on my part um, and, and money and money to put it all together. But ideally, I've seen people do it. They then are able to make, you know, four figures, five figures, six figures in a, in a month off of these podcasts sometimes. So here's I mean, to it. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like whatever your ha- hobby is, like a lot of times people have to work work a day job and they forget about what they really care about and like... What you truly care about, you'll do for free, you know? Yeah. That's... It's tough, too, man. Like, it's weird getting paid to do stuff that you you love doing because the dynamic of it definitely changes. Like, I started doing photography and video stuff because I loved it. Like, as a kid, I always just wanted to do stuff that had to do with, like, music and cameras. Yeah. And so as, like, I've been doing freelance work for four years full-time now. Nice. And I, I see how, like, getting paid to do it and it being a job can take away some of the joy of doing it in your own time because it just kind of all starts to feel like work sometimes. Yes. I've had to start kind of approaching it for the most part where video stuff is what I do professionally and music stuff is what I do for hobby. And if I can make money doing that, cool. But like for now, video stuff provides and then like photography is just kind of like when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's about where I am, and that's it's where I was 2014 up through 16. Um, 
you know, the video stuff, I had a job. I had a, a gig that was nine to five and that was what paid the bills. And then outside of that, I did a lot of podcasting. And now I've kind of put a little bit more pressure and stress on myself by not having a job, but still wanting to try and make bills happen by video work. But I'm doing that for the the experience and the benefit of figuring out professionalism as and treating this as a company and being able to grow it with you as a company and bring in people like you to work with us as a an eventual company. I mean, we're not an eventual company. We are a company, but more than just the two of us with an actual building, with, you know, actual services that we provide and people and clients that come in and approach us for work instead of us going and, and, and constantly getting this work. I mean, I guess that's the dream, but I... I see such positive things in my future by doing it that way and then podcasting because I love it. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Like it's and crazy, man. It's crazy. Like, it's like people don't realize how um, like uh, much of an emotional lifestyle it is to chase your your shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, and the deeper you get into it and the, the the better you get at it, the more you realize how many more layers there actually are. Yeah. And how difficult it actually is to be really, really great at stuff, mm-hmm. which is why you see the people that pick one thing and focus in on it being so incredible because it is so like, I mean, you just keep breaking stuff down a little bit more, a little yeah. bit more, a little yeah. bit more. And it's just, it's insane. That's my biggest problem is picking something, <laughs> you know, I, I'm constantly being encouraged now to pick a single thing and I'm seeing the benefit in that because if I focus, and it doesn't mean I have to just completely give up on everything else. But right. for me, like I have this horror film. Um, just an update for our audience: the Thought Form Kickstarter, even though it didn't go, go anywhere. Martin and I are. What is that? We're in the process of making that a feature film. We're gonna uh, write a whole script, and that's where based we are. on the mysterious death of uh, Olivia Maybell. Yeah. Yes, um, but I kind of realizing I need to focus on that, and in six weeks we can knock it out. And then I'm free to then focus all of my my free time and spare time on this podcast series that I want to do. And then do that and then move on to the the next thing because focusing on individual things is where I'm going to probably struggle the most. But if I get it right, I think I'm going to produce some amazing stuff. And I think that's that demon is something that everybody kind of deals with in their yeah. own way. I know I do, especially like, because I do a lot of things too. And so I feel yes. like I've become this like jack of all trades, master of none. And I'm just like, fuck, I want to be really good at something. But you've got a good, you've got a good storefront up. I mean, I look right. at, I look at the stuff you put on social media as being, do, you know, as what you're doing. And I'm like, Jesus, he's, <laughs> this guy's doing a lot. And apparently he's really good and successful at it. But I mean, it does, it's like. Held up there with like toothpicks Dude, and, it's and like, Elmer's glue sometimes. I, I, I feel like it's like this game of like having like buckets up on a wall or something with mm-hmm. holes in the bottom and yeah. you're like running, there's like water running out and you're like running around trying to keep filling the buckets up to keep them from not running dry. Yeah. Oh man. And it's just crazy. And and it's like behind the scenes, I spend so much time by myself working on stuff. And so it's like... That stuff's cool and all, but it's come with it's like sacrificed a lot of relationships and me actually like yeah. feeling like I have close friends sometimes. And so I'm like having to back off of some of it now and go like, okay, well, what's really important? And this idea of like putting first things first. Yeah. Or less is more. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. And so, you know, just asking myself, okay, and saying yes to doing whatever it is, what am I like saying no to in the process? I would I would get myself into a lot of trouble because I would be like, oh, what am I, what am I not going to be able to do now? Yeah. See, I start to overthink it a lot too. I yeah. way overanalyze it and yeah. it's just like, sometimes you just, I just got to like, go like, fuck this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go this way. I'm just going for it. I, I, that's how I have to do it most of the time. I have to just say, all right, 200 bucks is 200 bucks and I got to just go with it. And then the next thing will just, it'll come as long as I'm still chugging along that the, the doing the things that I'm doing work will come. And then, but if I'm like, if I push a little bit harder, better work will come. And then, you know, more and more people will come and, and it's an interesting road to be starting down. Not that I haven't done it before, but like this, I've, I don't know. It's, for some it's reason, risk I've got taking. a whole new mindset. It's risk taking. It's not easy. It's like freaking scary, you know, but it's then, also, you know, you have everything you need to like 
do everything you want. That feeling never goes away, too. I don't yeah. Think. I yeah. mean, I'm always freaking nervous about it. Me, too. For some man. reason, I don't know why. It always, it has always worked out, but I'm always paranoid. Yeah, I'm the same. Shit, what's going to happen next month? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it might have something to do with the fact that I'm, I made this choice. I have kind of fallen into the necessity of being freelance a lot in the past, uh, either by gigs being, you know, finished, like Seasons of Dallas being done, or, uh, you know, getting let go from various jobs, or stuff just being temporary to begin with. This is the first time in a, maybe ever, that I had a, I had a job that I was just so not happy in, and I said, I can't do it this way anymore. I have to do these elements that I like to do for you, but I need to do it as my own company and I need to have you as a client and I need to be like under my own management because I, you know, this is, this is, like you said, doing what I was, what I thought I loved doing for a living at a job that was really tough for me to be happy throughout the day. It just killed all drive to be creative and do anything like that outside of it. So I had to remove myself. Yeah. I, I have always wanted to stay freelance because I feel like that, that's like my freedom. Yeah. Right. Free. Some people see it like the opposite way where they have this like job that they go into. And so they know that that like, that's the only time spent on that. And so outside of that, they're like free to do whatever. And so for them, that's freedom. Yeah. It's interesting. It's freedom. It's to me, I view that as stability. Right. And if that's, what's important for me in my life, the stability, then I probably would feel freer, but I, it it was never that way. I mean, I was homeschooled since I was, you know, eight years old. Same here. I just... I see you both were? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. It. I just, I didn't know, I haven't known anything different. I didn't go to school. I, you know, nothing was really regimented. The only school I went to was college. But I, by that point, it was already like ingrained in my brain. And I have never been satisfied at a job that I have to be there at nine, have to leave at five. It just... Because I, I, I don't operate that way. Were or, were, or are your parents self-employed? Yeah. Okay. My dad was a road a tour manager. Okay. So, yeah. I so mean, my dad was, was, my mom's a stay-at-home mom. My dad was self-employed. Yeah. And so, like, for me, like, same thing. I didn't think about that, like, not having a set schedule with school growing up, but all, and just kind of, like, whenever I wanted to do it, as yeah. long as I got done. And yeah. then also watching my dad run a business, like, that just kind of always seemed like what you did. Yeah. That's why I want to do this. I feel like I... It's been the last two or three years, too, that I've tried to play into my own strength, not tried to emulate everybody else's strengths in the industry that I want to go into. It's like, okay, what am I good at? Yeah. And then what part of this industry caters to that? And for me, it's being a producer. You know, being a producer or being some sort of operational manager, some sort of like overseer of things, um, I, I feel is is definitely my strength. And that's where I'm going to pursue things. I'd like to pursue it in podcasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Do you find yourself dozing off at work? Do you find yourself getting lost in an abyss of your own thoughts? Well, let me tell you something. That's badass. That's badass. That's badass. That's badass. That's badass. badass. Oh, hey, baby, that's badass. Yeah. And we're back, everybody. <laughs> and we're back. We're back here with Casey Reed. He's our in-studio guest this week. He is a singer-songwriter. He's an all-around creative guy that you've heard in the previous, I don't know however this is. In the previous, be, this, you guys, <laughs> blank minutes of the show. <laughs> guys, uh, the, uh, the world's going nuts. The world is always going nuts. The world's nuts. going to shit. The world has been going nuts since we were children. But now we're adults, and now we're actually watching the world go nuts. We've got President Trump. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, since the last show, he was elected, but he was not physically, you know, gracing the hallways in his tidy whities of the White House. If he wears tidy whities, he's a boxer guy. By tidy whities, he means those white tennis shorts that he was was (laughs) photographed wearing. Probably tan by now. So the world has been kind of on this weird downhill slope of a tumble of a like it's like we're all watching something like trip and do a slow fall to the ground but it just ever it's it's everlasting corruption is a gobstopper that we're all eating guys what was the first terrorist attack you remember 
the Oklahoma City bombings. Okay, that was... yeah, I vaguely remember that. Like okay. or bombing. I vaguely. I didn't remember like well. understand what was happening. I think it was during the Olympics. Okay, when what year was that? I feel like it was like mid nineties, right? Yeah, I watched this documentary on it. The guy Timothy McVeigh who did it allegedly did this crime. Yes, allegedly. Yeah, it was a. It's pretty nuts, he was, man. He was put to death for it. I remember that. I remember the the controversy behind putting him to death. How do they do it? Lethal injection? Yeah. Like, God, yeah. that's so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy to think about. Like like humans literally taking some other human, and you're like, we are killing you on this date with an injection. I remember. So crazy Didn't to think of televise that stuff. Well, I used to. I was listening like, to news like, stuff on the radio when it was happening. Yeah. April nineteenth. Evening. April 19th. Yeah, yeah. What year? What year? Uh, 1995. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 20 second years. years. Yeah. 22 yeah. years. I was 12. I was. I was probably nine. Seven. Okay. Yeah. And the, the only thing I really remember about it, and this is what's weird is I was, I remember riding in the back seat of like someone's car, like my aunt or my mom, we were with someone, but I was, I remember vaguely being in the back seat, hearing it on the news and they yeah. were listening to it. And that's how it locked into my brain that time. It like took it's a weird. whole chunk of that building off. Just oh the yeah, whole side. Like was, that's yeah. all. That's all I really remember yeah. is like seeing that video footage play over and over. And then I feel like there was like a mug shot of yeah of McVeigh that they would yeah. show. Yeah, it was it was basically a domestic terrorist truck bombing. Um, it was the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in downtown Oklahoma. And uh, Timothy is, McVeigh what's going on and Terry Nichols. What are they doing up there? I don't know. I mean, these kinds of attacks seem to be strategically placed with agencies that have paper trails of some things. Right. And so I'm going like, what are they doing? What's in Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah. You never hear mm. about those places, right? Like, That's probably why. Yeah, it killed 168 people. Like, we got Timothy McVeigh's here. Keep out. That's so crazy. Yeah, it killed 168 people. Oh, goodness. it injured 600. Gracious. Oh, no, no, 320. No, no, no. It injured 680 people. Oh, killed 168, uh, 168, and then it damaged 324 other buildings. What? Whoa. That's crazy, it, man. Oh, for, how? From like. It shattered glass in 258 nearby buildings and destroyed or burned 86 cars. What Whoa. the fuck? It caused an estimated $652 million worth of damage. So Holy over half a billion dollars. Cow. I had no idea. I, yeah. know. I just remembered the side of the building falling off. That was yeah. the biggest like terrorist event in the country until 9-11. Which, ah, I mean, I that's the last. That's wild. Yeah, that's the next terrorist attack I remember. Did, they, did he have any kind of a, yeah. remember if he had any sort of a like history of doing anything or? Well, oh there's God. like a whole history behind like. There's a whole history behind it that's kind of interesting. It's like, um, and a lot, of, a lot of it has to do with kind of uh, gun control, okay. and it had to do with the Waco situation. Did you ever like look into that? Mm-mm. What's the guy's oh, name, dude? Okay, so it's called the Waco siege. Um, it was the siege of a compound belonging to a group of Branch Davidians, yes, which are a breakaway from, I believe, like Seventh Day Adventists. So uh, they're like a breakaway from that. The there was breakaway, a, there a was, breakaway from Seventh Day Adventists. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, okay. A reform movement that began as an offshoot from the Seventh Day Adventist Church okay. around 1930. So then, what were they doing? So they they had their own breakaway community in Waco on a piece of land. Okay. And so um, David Koresh yeah. was his name. That's right. Yeah. That's the name David Koresh is who I was thinking of. So the uh, like American federal agents and Texas state law enforcement and U.S. military between February 28th and April 19th, 1993, the same day of the uh, two years later. Oklahoma City bombing. Okay. Um, the Branch Davidians was led by David Koresh and lived at Mount Carmel Center Ranch in the community of Elk, Texas. So it's kind of, it's right by Waco, nine miles uh, east, northeast of Waco. So the group was suspected of weapons violations, causing a search and arrest warrant to be obtained by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Okay, so the incident began when the ATF attempted to raid the ranch. An intense gun battle erupted, resulting in the deaths of four government agents and six Branch Davidians. Upon the ATF's failure to raid the compound, a siege was initiated by the the FBI. So the standoff lasted 51 days. Eventually, the FBI launched an assault and initiated a tear gas attack in an attempt to force the Branch Davidians out of the ranch. During the attack, a fire engulfed Mount Carmel Center. In total, 76 people died, including David Koresh and a bunch of kids. Whoa. What was the population of the commune? It was a couple hundred people were there. They released a bunch of people. Like, a lot of people left. So not everyone died. 
but yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, this whole thing uh, stirred up this this kind of I, I don't want to say far right because I fucking hate all these little terms and stuff. Right. But it was all the people who were like pro gun. It stirred up that whole pot, and a lot of those people are like you know veteran constitutional like people who are just way into gun rights and things like that. And yeah. so they thought this, they saw this as a way that the federal government was stepping in in front of people's right to technically own guns and have guns on their own property. So yeah. they did a raid on private pro- property, went in. And that's the weird thing is, is they took these tanks in and they were poking holes in the building. And, and in this documentary, the one thing that made it weird is that they said they had audio, like fuzzy audio from inside that apparently they were able to tap the building, which is weird. I don't know how they were able to do this. The FBI was? They were able to tap the building and they caught audio of the, of the guys in there spreading gasoline around the whole building. But then the, the tanks were going in. So a lot of people say that the federal government went in and like lit the building on fire, like yeah. set bombs off in there or just torched the place and burned them out. So there's like a lot of theory around that of like people trying to get out on the backside and being gunned down. So they were just trying to like shut it down and send a message to the people that if you try to fuck around, own a piece of land, have guns on it and put up a fight against that's, that's the theory is, is it was kind of a slap in the face of what were they really doing that warranted an invasion like that? And so the allegations there were, there was never anything like solid on it. And that pissed a lot of people off. And anyway, uh, the guy who blew up the Murrah building, that guy ended up going out to during the whole standoff thing. He actually went out there and was, you know, selling bumper stickers on like gun rights and all these, uh, he was an, he's an ex military guy. Yeah. So he's, well, he he's was. been trained by the U S military. So that's one thing people always just breeze over. This guy was trained by the military and he ended up dropping out like, Anyway, he ended up, I guess, not complying or something. Or he, they use that as like maybe that's the source of why he's so angry. But I don't know. It was interesting. It's like that's the guy who blew the building up, and supposedly it was him to send a message to the FBI for intervening on people's rights. To it's just weird. Did they it's, ever release any of that audio? That it, there is. Yeah, you can you can go and and dig into it. I mean, we could produce audio like that that sounds like we were spreading gasoline around. Hey, let me pour some water, splash some water on this table real yeah, quick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing is like, if, if you can think of something, it can be done. Like if you want to yeah. create something, it can be done. It's just, how do you release it in what order and how do you create propaganda that covers up potentially some other story that's yeah. happening? You know, did you know that NASA has lost the original moon landing tapes? The film lost, gone, destroyed. Guess who tried to find out? Ron yeah. Howard was, he wanted to Lost restore, mm. he wanted to restore all the footage. And when he went to NASA, he got the runaround and it was like starting to, you know, he's making a movie, he's Piss doing all the off. Apollo. Well, he needed the footage for the Apollo movies. They came back and said the footage was lost. They don't have the footage. And then since then, there's just been a litany of people that are yeah. like trying to disprove and they're mm, some questionable shit. So what do you guys, what do you guys think about the moon landing? Personally, I think it was bullshit. I think it was a staged event. Yeah. I think we can go to the moon. I think there is the technology to do it, but I think what was seen in the 60s, what we see as the official moon landing videos, everything like that, I think that's all a crock of shit, in my opinion. I I think I agree with you. Just because... Now, did we go to the moon? I don't know. Because I don't know what's going on that I don't know about or can't really <laughs> comprehend. But well, the, well, NASA is they're the, a branch of the government. They're well, a yeah, branch yeah. of the military. So it's like people have to also take those things into consideration. It's not like some private group of awesome scientists who got together and they keep each other in checks and balances globally. Right. This is a private organization. That's not runs a private and, organization. Well, it's, it's a, a taxpayer-funded organization. organization that is, you know... You've got all this Department of Defense money that goes missing, trillions of dollars. Who knows what it goes towards? You know, right. it could go straight up to, I mean, NASA, they were getting like 4% of the budget back in the Apollo days. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something, it was a good amount. How do you lose trillions of dollars? They do. Ask they, Donald Rumsfeld. Hey guys, where did that skyscraper go that we built? Oh, it's not, has no, not even that. The skyscraper that was built. No, I mean, I'm just saying like, how do you misplace something that's so massive? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't happen. Well, the, the last time they were audited in public for that, uh, what was it? Two days later, 9-11 happened. Yeah. When they brought it to the public that all of a sudden 
no one can account for $2.3 trillion or something? Ridiculous. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. Yeah, and it just know. so happened the, the same company, this is another interesting thing, the same company that was doing the investigation, that was literally the company that was laundering, moving the money around, that was one of the buildings that got literally blown up by a plane. Yeah. The same office. Yeah. It's like, what are the odds of that? That's yeah. insane. With all this stuff that's going on, like the day before 9-11, hearing this, this press conference in which they say, hey, we can't account for trillions of dollars, and then 9-11 happening, everybody gets distracted. And so right now, what is everybody doing that is distracting us from everything else that's happening to actually like govern us as a people? We're all fighting against each other. White people versus black people, men versus women versus all the other gender pronouns that are out there at the moment. Um, They've you always know, been out there, Ian. Our country versus your country, you know, uh, uh, the travel bans. I mean, all of this stuff is, I mean, it's to me, it just seems like playground antics. It is. It's and you all get distraction. These terrorist attacks. I mean, we've got, we had this thing in Manchester. When was this? In March? The, uh, the Manchester terror attack at the Ariana Grande concert. I mean, that happened in March. This, um, there's a thing in Barcelona where the guy ran a bunch of people over in yeah. the shopping center. Or whatever. And oh, yeah, like a, he was like going back and forth, right? Yeah. And then there was the, no a, day, a day. He was driving later. back over the bodies. No. So, so basically the way the setup is that I understand is that there's like two parallel roads. And in between these parallel roads, you have like two sections of like strip, like, um, like outdoor mall style, like shacks, like food places, yeah. like trinket yeah. stores or whatever. And... <clears throat> There's like a walkway in the middle of them. So think of like an outdoor like market plaza with roads on the outskirts. So uh, apparently some guy in like a van or a bus or something went down that center like walkway where it's like pedestrians only and was like going back, like just mowing people back and forth, left and right, all the way down, like mowing people over. That is insane. Like 14 or 15 people died. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And like... It's wild, dude. Well, it kind of, I mean, when I heard this Charlottesville thing happened, once I kind of heard the explanation of it, I could totally understand how that might have been somebody who just snapped and lost his shit. Yeah. Because he is a white supremacist, is pissed at the people who are against white supremacy, and he just lost his shit and kind of plowed through everything. But these are the bubbling tensions that were being, I feel we're being led to. And that's well, been my answer to everybody very recently when they ask me, you know, what do you think, what do you feel like the, the, of the climate? And I'm like, I feel like we're being pushed toward, like dude, we're, we're being backed into a it's being, We're being people, pushed into a civil war. That is what I see happening. It's, it's all these things that are rip, like causing people to hate each other people, for no reason. Well, people don't understand the way media and social media works and marketing and advertising. Right. And it's just like, dude, as a campaign, like if you're running a campaign for anything, you know, think presidency, like you're going to create different ads specific to certain demographics. Yeah. So you're only going to see an ad that's relevant to you. So who knows what the fuck somebody else is getting right. and what's being said when right. ultimately you're trying to like achieve your goal. And it's like you look at this the stuff with the elections and like for weeks before the elections even happen, the media is so-called reporting on like who is like poised to win. Hillary. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's just like, come on, dude, you're, pre you're pre-suading people. Like you are literally like implanting this and putting this in people's minds. Copyright. Hi, Dare. Pre-suading. Pre no, no is our word. there's a book called Pre-suasion. Damn it. No, no, seriously, go check it out. It's a great word. It, it's, it, it is. And it's just like, there's so many ways that you can be influenced and persuaded to make a certain decision. It's true. And especially if you think that a certain candidate is like so-called poised to win and, you know, everybody's insecure these days and wants to be liked and in part of the in crowd, yeah. they're probably going to tend to do what they think their peers are going to do or what's going to put them in the like winning category and the winning yeah. side of things. Yeah. <laughs> People forget that social media, while it was created and marketed to us as come hang out with your friends, be community, paste on you know, post on people's walls, poke each other, do this and that. It's all run by a business whose yeah. primary objective is to make money. And how do they make money? By taking more of yours. The users are the product. We well, are. Yeah. And then it's like straight up. 
And not just that. Think about all the stuff you're seeing like on people's news feeds and Facebook, you know? I mean, dude, Joe, it's insanity. Joe and I were talking about it earlier with ads and how like people that have like a problem buying stuff and if it's like something that they do and that they're trying to stop doing, how that like these ads will follow them around. Yeah. And yes, how like will. it's like literally making it hard for people to like stop their addictions. But this is what we've all agreed to. All this happening around us, we've agreed to in all of these terms of service Absolutely. that nobody reads. Absolutely. All of this shit, we have 1,000% agreed to. We have. And but we it, just didn't know what we were doing. It does just seem like, though, it's a, there is an elementary level of, of disrespect, though, that's kind of hidden within that, that's allowing that to happen. So even though you were like, yes, we did agree to it, the reality is, is they these people who are writing up these contracts, they know they're run by attorneys. They know how to do, to get away with what they're doing, using words and putting packages together and then selling them to the government so that they can sign them as laws and, and protect people to be able to run their businesses a certain way. Well, the business, I think, but I mean, I think to some extent you're always going to have evil, right? You're always going to have bad. And so there's like finding this balance of like fighting evil and like, what's the best way to do it. And to some extent, I kind of look at this and I go like, yeah, it kind of sucks to like where we've come to and that this is where we are, but it's the reality of the way things are. And so now it's like, let's like pick up the pieces and instead of like yeah. feeling bad for it or go like, Oh, like, I'm like, look, this is just like the consequences of what's happened. So yeah, for we sure. need to recognize this and talk about this so we can pick up the pieces and move on. Right. It's like, it's like being afraid to go to the doctor that you don't ever go and you just let yourself get sicker and sicker and you're never going. But instead of go to the doctor, figure out what's going on so that at least you know, this is what it's going to take to fix this. Yeah. This is what's going on. This is what it's going to take to fix this. We don't have to continue to, to play our lives into social media. I try so hard not to do it in my personal life. It's it's taken a shift in mentality for me to think of it as a marketing business tool rather than as something to to use my personal time doing because all it is is because just feeding it information. And yeah. I, I don't want to do that. It's consumerism. Yeah. But I, I also see that like a, a good majority of people, I think it's like 70% are consumers to like 30% creators and maybe it's even a bigger ratio, like offset than that. But Damn. it's a big, it's a big offset. Wow. And so I go like, man, you know, maybe while I'm like more like on the creative end of things, not everybody is. So like, yeah. let me kill it. Yeah. On the, you on got the, on, to. And like try to offset what we can. Yeah. That's, that's it. Um, I'm going to make an executive decision here. We're going to take a little break. It's fucking hot in here. It's hot. We need we to cool, cool our this, studio this down. room yeah. down a little bit. And when we come back, we'll have some music from Casey Reed. Bong, 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 bong. While Casey's tuning, real quick, I'm gonna give a shout out to our, you know, somewhat frequent co-host Martin Eden. Martin Eden. Martin, just, Martin just had the hernia surgery, dude. Nice. Yeah, I had yeah. Hernia so surgery this year. You did. What? Yes. yes. I had an umbilical hernia. Ooh. How are you feeling? Fantastic. Good. How's Martin feeling? Martin's getting some energy. He uh, he just had it, uh, so he's he's kind of he's figuring his shit out. Dude, killer! Uh, shout out, shout out, Martin. Martin. So, so Casey's got a brand new album coming out. I have one single out so far, and I'm about to start promoting the next single in the next like week, week and a half. So nice. it comes out September 9th. Okay, and then full length album comes out October 14th. And what's the name of the album? 490 days. What's the what's the uh, the story behind the, the name of it? Very condensed version is there was a girl I was dating and we weren't gonna be talking for a while, and that amount of time ended up being 490 days. And so my plan was to like we were gonna get back together after this time apart, and I started writing this album about her or whatever, and then she ended up calling stuff off, and things went downhill and. Yeah, and so I just kept writing for a couple of years here and there, and then I've been sitting on it for a couple of years waiting to have my own studio space, so I did it. Would this weird you out if I told you she's on the line with us right now? Oh, shit. She's been, no, I'm kidding. No, we actually got back together last summer briefly for a couple of weeks. Nice. She married another guy named Casey. Oh. That she left me for, basically, I think. Oh, dang. And then they got divorced, and she moved back to Texas. And we got back together briefly. Not the right Casey. And it just didn't work out. But I got closure finally. Was I was going to say, good. do That's you good. feel different? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. She was like always the one that got away. 
Yeah. Damn. And it was like family and religion that kind of like got in the way of us being anything before. And so it was always just kind of like, well, what would have happened if we'd yeah. had no, you know, nothing holding us back? Yeah. Just being honest. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it didn't work out. That's what happened. So that's what happened. Yeah. So what are you going to play for us? My new single, Hold On, that just came out. What's, uh, what's this track about? I hate to put you on the spot like that. I know that's like, it's so singer songwriter. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's just like right around the time I was still dating this girl. And uh, it was just kind of like, we're not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to be together right now, but hold on, we will be kind okay. of a deal, basically. Like, awesome. Just hold on. Might take a couple of years, but we'll get there. And the song's nice. called Hold On. Yes. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen of High Dare, welcome Casey Reed with Hold On. your blanket to the side Find your way back home tonight Your breath, it smells like coffee But so does mine, so that won't bother me Brings back memories of this year's eighth And Christmas streets Painted bright in the night with lights for us to see Breathing in and out in unison Two hearts begin to beat as one Shit. That was the new single called Hold On. Yep. Off of uh, Casey Reed's upcoming album. Mm-hmm. 490 days. 90 days. I was going to say nine. 490 days. Yeah. Uh, is it going to be on Spotify and everywhere? It will be. Worldwide. Uh, worldwide. Nice. Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Rhapsody, Amazon, Interwebs, Outerwebs, Upperwebs. Torrents. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Hopefully not, Torrents. You want all the... We got to give all the cash to... Casey Reed. Yes. Hey, me, bitch. Yes. Oh, and I'm going to I'm going to say this too. If anyone out there in the cosmos is in Japan, Tokyo, Japan on the 22nd, I'm playing a show. 22nd of 
uh, of September. 22nd of September, yeah. 2017. So mm-hmm. be awesome mm-hmm. to see you Fantastic. in Japan. Oh, okay. Da, 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 da. I guess uh, we launched elftreemedia.com again. Yep. Um, yep. We just kind of revamped the site. Go check us out. Um, We're there to serve your post-production needs. They're here based in Los Angeles. We are a couple of great guys. Very personable. Thank you. I would work with them. I do work with them. Thanks, the case master. Same with the Casey. If you're in the Dallas area, hit them up. Yeah, we're all working. Well, for this week on High Dare, I'm Ian. I'm Joe. I'm Casey. And you guys, make some peace. We gotta gotta go. Follow us on Twitter at Hi Dare Pod. Get your ass online because uh, Hi Dare.com misses you.